I don't know where you find yourself today, but I'm glad you found yourself in church. And you come on up. I'm, you might not be where you want to be in every area of your life. In fact, I would pray that you're not, have not fully arrived anywhere. That he has big vision and big dreams and a big God desire for the more that he's created you for. But I, I don't know about you, but we can give testimony. I know I can, that I'm so grateful that God's with me right here, right now. I maybe haven't achieved everything. Maybe this year wasn't fully what you desired or dreamed for it to be. But guess what? You're still in the right place. Still leaning in and listening to the right voice. Still on the right path. And guess what? God can redeem and make it up. So if you're just grateful to be alive, to be saved, to be set free, to have a hope-filled future because of the goodness of God, no matter what this year held, good, bad, and ugly, can we just glorify the name of Jesus? Because He's not done yet. It's, it's just a date change, a calendar change, but why not allow something to change on the inside of you today? Amen? Amen. Tell your neighbor, man, you look good in 2023. And grab your seats. Almost a new year. I do not know what is ahead, but I do know the one who does. God knows exactly what he has in store for you. He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He wants you to learn how to put your faith, your trust in him at ways you never have before. And God knows what he has in store. And guess what? We know God. How? Jesus has made a way. Not only do we know about him from the passages of scripture, but we can have intimacy and closeness with him because he's breathed his Holy Spirit into our lives. We can know what he has for us, what he has in store for us, how he'll lead and guide us. He can lead and guide us into all truth in shaky seasons. Even when we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear because he's guiding us. He'll lead us behind by still waters. He'll refresh our soul. He has something great in store for you. I want to kick off with two, two scriptures that on the surface level, completely unrelated. There's no real connection and correlation to them, uh, but I'm going to make one for us today because what I want to set the table on this last Sunday, last day of the year for what I do believe God wants to do in just this next season as we enter into a, a, this kingdom first, this holy ground season in, in January for 21 days as we're going to worship together, pray together, strip away some things so we can grow our spirit, man, grow our faith, clear out all the confusion and the cobwebs that are going on and, and hear the voice of heaven. Some of you are going to start hearing God's voice for the very first time. Some of you are going to have a God word that kind of seems like it's out of left field, but it's exactly what he wants you to focus and center in. Some of you are going to have some God answers. Some of you are going to experience some peace that surpasses all understanding. There's something good in store for you that God has created and designed for you to find and to discover in the beginning of this coming year. It's two scriptures. First one's Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9 is a story of this this kid who's oppressed and attacked by, by a demonic force. Come on, we're ending the year with some heavy lifting here. Like, the enemy is trying to kill this kid, and the disciples pray for this child, and the enemy still is there. The, the demon is not kicked out. And so they bring it before Jesus, this child, and says, hey, help this kid. And so Jesus sends this one out, sends the enemy out. 
There's a spiritual battle. Jesus brings the authority of heaven. And, and then they brought him back into the house. The disciples came to Jesus privately and says, hey, how come we can do that with some but not with others? How come that we can, like, declare the name of Jesus and, and we can see the enemy flee for some but not for this situation? How come we couldn't cast out this demon? And Jesus said, hey, there's a kind, uh, 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 there's, a, there's some kind that can only come out by nothing other than by prayer and fasting. Fasting part isn't in every single passage, but it's in my Bible. It says that there's just some things that require more leaning into God and more stripping away of the world. There's just, there's some levels to this thing. Not that you don't have the fullness of Christ as a believer, even brand new baby believers. Maybe you gave your heart to Jesus on Christ, uh, Christmas Eve. But guess what? You have the fullness of God at work on the inside of you. But there's some spiritual strength that comes with the pursuit of God and pushing away the world and leaning into the presence of the Holy Spirit. First Timothy chapter 4, Apostle Paul is talking to the young leader, Timothy, and he says, don't waste your time over arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be, train yourself to be godly. He says, for physical training is of some value. Some of you tomorrow morning, that's what you're gonna be focused on. New year, new me. I'm gonna fit back into some pants that aren't 15% elastic, right? I'm, I'm gonna go some new places. Maybe it's a budgeting thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have some more resource at work in my life. I think all those things are beautiful. He says physical training is, is of some value for you, but godliness or training in godliness, to go after the things of God, it has value for all things. It's a 360 blessing on your life. It holds both promise for both the present life and the life to come. What, what are we talking about here? We, we see that Jesus has an ability and an authority on his life to push the enemy away, to bring in the plan of God and kick out the plan of the enemy because of prayer and fasting. And we know that physical discipline has some blessing, but nothing compared to this training in godliness. There's levels to this life with God. And my prayer for you I'll tell you what we're gonna have in 2024, is every time you show up in this room, you will have an unbelievable amount of godly encouragement and hope to keep going after all that God has for you, to not give up, to not surrender any ground. But you're also with that, I will make it increasingly uncomfortable for you to stay the same. We will grow in the things of God and we will become more mature as disciples of Jesus, not with just biblical knowledge and understanding, but with the authority of heaven at work in our life that we're gonna grow in some of the ways of God. And so how do we start our year? We believe in the principle of first. God goes first in everything. So at sundown next Sunday night, we're gonna unlock a prayer and fasting season, spiritual training to unleash your in Christ potential. We're saying to God in 2024, you go first. Less of the world and more of you because we wanna experience his best in the now and in the forever, in our year and in the eternal. I'm gonna speak today, just what Paul says to 1 Timothy, to, to train yourself, to to stretch yourself, to test yourself, maybe even push yourself. I don't think you earn any rewards from God. We have the fullness of Christ already on the inside of us. 
But there is just some levels to God's best at work in our life that when we learn to get out of our comfort zone, that's where we find the real comforter. That's where we find real calling. That's where we unleash our in Christ potential at the fullest level. How about, hey, make your resolutions, write them down. You want a vision board? Go ahead. Make it awesome. Resolutions are good. I only want results. I think results are great. I want God results in your marriage. I want to see God's results in the raising of your kids. I want God results in your career. I want God, God results in your peace of mind. That your anxious nights and insecure days are over in 2024. You're going to have the peace that surpasses all understanding. That lack and doubt in your life are going to die out in this beginning of the year. And behold, he'll make all things new. He's going to bring resurrection life in every area of your life. We're going to learn to train ourselves. And I'm giving you a weak head start. Because sometimes you guys show up on that first Sunday and we're kicking off that fast Sunday night. And you're you know, trying to figure out what you're going to do. You got a week to pray and to lean in to what does it look like to really train, to test, to stretch yourself in just these 21 days that we believe we're going to give God our first and that we're going to experience his best. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this year, what you've done. I thank you what you want to do, still on the table, who you want us to become, how you want us to grow. I thank you that you've met us in this moment and you're leading us more into the mission that you prepared for every single one of us. I thank you that even this year wasn't everything we desired. It's still by your design. And we're not gonna choose to have disappointment because it just feels like things are delayed. No, we're gonna lean in like never before, knowing that you can turn situations around in just even a moment. And I think miraculous God moments are on the way for our children, for our marriages, for our careers, maybe even physical health for peace of mind, for having the right relationships around us, everything that you want to provide. God, I thank you that we would press in to that place of high calling, that through prayer and fasting, we would level up in our in Christ authority. We would experience your voice and closeness to you like never before. Lord, we give you all the glory for this year. And then also as it, as it goes away and something new begins, we, got, we want you to do something new in us. Not every individual only, but all of us together as a church family. Help us have more of a desire to truly be disciples of Jesus, to love your word, to lean in and to know your voice, to put you first in every area so we can experience your best. In Jesus' mighty name, a faith-filled 2023 church says, amen, amen. You know, I realize I haven't been praying for the Chiefs much on Sunday mornings. No wonder they've been losing. So, just kidding. <laughs> to train yourself. Resolutions are great. I love it. I'm making a few. I'm, I'm writing down some dreams, some things I'm, I'm believing for. I'm, uh, I'm taking some things and stripping away for a few, few, few ideas and uh, desires and things I, I'm asking God to do in, in my family, in my own life, and in Liz and I's relationship. I'm, I'm believing for some awesome things, but, but I really do want results, and what I do know is that if I do things the God way, I will get God, I'll get God results. And a week, from, a week from tonight, as we kick off our 21 days, we're truly believing it's holy ground. Holy ground moments where, where, where heaven is real close, where, where maybe we're stripping some things off. Remember in the Bible, when there's holy ground moments, they take off their shoes and they, they just are there in the moment. They're not running away. 
they're there in that place of presence. We're going to spend 21 days and get rid of some of our daily distractions and even some, some good things that we're going to put on the shelf for a moment so we can experience the God things. And we're not just going to, to pray. We're also going to pray and fast. Uh, if you've never done a fast before, you, you, you can research it. We'll have some information on our website and on social media for you. But pretty much a real fast is saying, hey, I'm not doing any food. Okay, if you've never done that before, I'm going to encourage you, just maybe not a deep end dive right off the bat. Okay, you might want to strip away some comforts and some food. But also there's a whole group every year, especially those kind of new to faith, that when we say fast, they'll say, okay, I'm really going to strip away some things. I'm only going to give social media 20 minutes in a day. And for you, I would tell you that is, that is not a fast. Not having social media for a season of your life is just good for your mental health. That's not really, that's not really fast. I would say, what kind of, sort of connection of things does God maybe want you to put on the back burner for a moment so that his plan and, and his potential can be on the forefront? What, what is he asking of you? I wonder what God would really do through you in your fast if you would really say, you know what, I'm going to stretch and I'm going to train myself. As much as training and fitness has good value for myself, it has some potential, some, some good things, what about training in the things of godliness? I'm going to share a story with you uh, that I did earlier this month that originally I don't think I was going to share with anybody. It was kind of just for me, but after I completed it, Liz is like, no, you got to tell the church. I think it will inspire them. So I hope that you hear as I tell this story, first and foremost, most of you will think I'm crazy. And then maybe a few of you will think I'm really brave or awesome. This is not to make myself sound good. I just wanted to share what I went through because I think it might encourage you that there is more for you in your life. A few months ago, I read this, um, I read this article about this, this Japanese word, word called a, a masogi or masagi. It's literally a cleansing, like spiritual cleansing thing, okay? And we're not getting into like, worshiping the ancestors or, or nature, okay? This is not like a new religion, but this the principle of, 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 of a self-imposed crucible. One hard thing that you do every year that's supposed to make the rest of your days a little easier. And when I read it, I was inspired by it, because to be honest with you, if I'm being very transparent, it was a very challenging year in my life in leading the church in many areas. And God was so good in so many ways, but I just felt like everything took all that I had. And so I ran the, the half marathon uh, with some of the people in the church, and uh, it was great. I ran with my brother-in-law. He's not really a runner, but he got really into it. And then he's like, hey, we did this. Why don't you come run this ultra marathon with me? And I said, are you out of your mind? There's no way I'm doing that. I barely trained for the half marathon, and we made it, and it was great. That's enough for me. But as I begin to read, I read this article. It actually really inspired me that what if I just pushed myself for one day? Even if I failed, what could I learn about myself? And so he had signed up for this ultra marathon that was down in Houston. It's like one of the flattest ones in the nation. In other words, if you're going to do something hard, this is the easiest one. <laughs> I like that style. And it's these 16-mile loops. And he was going to see how far he could run. He was even going to see if he could run 100 miles. And I said, you know what I'll do? I'll go down and pace with you. I'll run two loops with you. That's over 50K. That's technically an ultra marathon. That's 32 miles. I'm going I'm to push myself. But here's the thing with the Masogi is you're not supposed to be able to train to a level that where you could accomplish it. 
It needs to be almost like a 50-50, you can do it or you can't. So as I signed up to do it, after we ran the marathon, I ran six miles that following Monday, and I didn't run again until the Saturday before this race. I ran another six miles. So I had not trained at all, not really. And so as we went to sign up, God provided a ram in the thicket. It rained really hard in Houston. They canceled the event. I'm like, won't you do it, Lord? I'll see you in 2024. But one of his friends, who's kind of like this fitness influencer guy, said, bro, tell your brother-in-law, we're running anyway. Meet us in Dallas. And so what we did in a couple days' notice is I changed my flight. We went to Dallas, and no longer were we running in like this beautiful nature preserve. We were running one-mile laps around this Texas megachurch parking lot. <laughs> it's no longer soft ground. It was hard ground. It definitely didn't feel like holy ground. <laughs> and so we just went out and did it. And I'm here to tell you, as I ran, we ran about the first, the first half marathon, we just ran the whole thing, and we started pacing ourselves, because if they're gonna try to run 100, you don't just full out run. You run for five minutes, maybe walk or jog for one, and you just kind of keep, and you could stop and eat snacks and all those things. Well, we went ahead and did it, and, and mile 31, I was right around my, my original goal, right, was to do 32, but before we set out to run that day, they all just challenged you, hey, anybody who set a goal, just raise it a little higher. And so I said, you know what? I turned 42 a couple weeks before. I'm gonna run 42 miles. Come on, Jackie Robinson, we're breaking barriers. Like, we're going <laughs> new places. And so at 31 miles, I'm like, hey, I, I, I kind of did. I'm on my last lap. And then my IT band out here, I didn't even know what that was until it was gone. <laughs> and I missed it. I didn't know what I was missing. It pops. And so I'm like a peg leg pirate. But the problem is I already told these guys I would do 10 more. And so I hobbled myself through the final 10 minutes, which was unbelievably hard and absolutely humiliating. This isn't about men versus women or sexism, but in those last 10 miles, this one girl passed me like 11 times. <laughs> and I just was so humbled by it all, but I did complete it. Not only that, but I got on a plane about an hour after I was done. I flew home. I got up and preached. And if you were here the first Sunday of the month, you had no clue why I was moving so robotic. <laughs> but I preached anyway, and I had a knee brace on, and I'm still kind of healing up. You do not want to see my toes right now. I'm going to be honest with you. They look like they were dipped in the waters of Chernobyl. It is not healthy. <laughs> but I did it. What do I learn about this? I learned... I learned that we're all capable of a little more than we think we are. And now we're talking about just physical things, that there's more in you. In fact, uh, science would say that we normally, what we think is our maximum exertion of energy or power is only about 30% of our true potential. Now that's just for physical. Let me tell you about spiritual. If just a little bit of you is leaning into the fullness of God, there's more strength there's more power, there's more potential. Jesus even says if it's just a, a, a mustard seed level of faith, it has mountain-moving potential. And so when I'm telling you to train yourself, I'm just saying, why not stretch yourself in places you've never stretched yourself before? 
Because yesterday's efforts have gotten you today's results. And I know we don't earn the grace of God. But there are levels to maturity and levels to sacrifice and surrender that produce blessing, favor, and fulfillment in our lives. And wouldn't it be great for your 2024 to just be filled, knowing maybe, maybe you don't see everything you're believing for, but knowing that you gave everything that you had at a level that you've never gone to before. To open up the doors of heaven and a move of God in your life like you've never experienced. That there's more up here that God wants to do. There's more in here that God wants to do. There's more that he wants to speak to you and more opportunities want to open before you. And maybe this, this coming season is a barrier-breaking season in your spiritual devotion, fervency, and fire for the things of God. To be a more all-in disciple. That every area of your life would be turned over to the lordship of God. This is why we're saying it's holy ground. It is a kingdom first fast. That we are not after our agenda. We're going to bring our requests to God because he wants them. We're going to bring our, our wish list, our dreams, our desires to God because he's a good father that gives every good and perfect gift. But we are not after just what God can do for us. We're after God. We're going after his voice, his presence, and his power in ways that we've never pushed into before. There's more for us. And so as we enter in this season, I think it's a season of cleansing to get out the things of the world and get in the things of God. So what do we do? We're praying. What are we doing? We're talking to God more. We're worshiping God. We're spending more time talking and listening to God. And we're also fasting, which means we're doing less of something. It's more of the kingdom and less of the world. And I think if you would just say, hey, I want to self-impose a little bit of a crucible of my calling, not so I can just gain something more from God, no, but so I can go after him at a deeper level, that I can come out of the other side of the season cleaner and more refreshed and fulfilled than I've ever been before. What are the sin cycles in your life that have stopped you for far too long? What's the doubt and insecurity that you've allowed to live one day too long? Where's the area of your life you've not submitted to the lordship of Jesus and that is the missing ingredient or the key that will unlock the big thing that God wants to do? I don't know what it is for you, but I do know the Holy Spirit will reveal it to your heart if you have ears to hear and to lean in and to ask. And just what could this next year look like if we would train ourselves? if we would push ourselves, if we would stretch ourselves. Why? When you begin to hear the voice of God clearly in daily decisions and big dilemmas and crossroads of calling, you'll know that although he will not always lead you to a place that makes sense, he'll lead you to a place that is his best. And my heart's desire for our marriages and for the raising of our families and for our careers and for every individual in this room, that you would be in a place positioned by the grace of God to receive the best of what he has for you. You know, when you go to, we go to the Chiefs game or you go somewhere that's crowded and you try to make a phone call, normally you cannot get through, you cannot send a text message or you cannot receive data on your phone. Why? There, there's too much drain on the system. And I've seen this connection in the life of a believer for far too long. That we, there's too much noise and too much drain on the network, on our hearts, on our minds, on our ears, on our eyes, for us to really hear and to connect with what God is wanting to say. He is already speaking clearly. Yeah. 
He is already uh, showing you what he has for you and in store for you. He is in a constant communication with his people. The problem is we've got too much confusion and too much noise. So while we strip away and step into more closeness with him, we're positioning in our place to hear the voice that matters the most. If that is the voice that created the heavens and the earth, what can he recreate, redo, redesign, redirect, and resurrect in your life if you would just begin to hear his voice? So we're going to let go. We're going to clean up some of the junk that we've been carrying around for far too long. Remember, it's Jesus that says things like, deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Not just for 21 days. No, daily pick up your cross and follow me. Jesus also says this in John chapter 8. He says, to the Jews uh, who believed in him. So these are two believers, people that believe in Jesus. Jesus says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You want more freedom and fulfillment in your life. It's about holding fast to the things of God, the teachings of Jesus. Remember, this is said to believers. You, they already believe, but there's a level of freedom that they're not experiencing based upon what they're not holding on to. So it's a time for us to hold on to his teaching and really be disciples. And for us, many of you, listen, for us to really hold on to something means we've got to let go of some things. We're trying to carry way too much in this life. And as long as you are alive, none of us fully graduate, even in spiritual maturity, past this, that we don't have a bit of a, a wrestle, a tension, a juggle with the things of this world and the things of God. Come on, you got your kids going back to school this next week. Praise God for that, by the way. You're, you're juggling that. And then you got your career demands, and maybe it's new job opportunities. Maybe it's new relational dynamics. And we're always going to be juggling that. But we just got to make sure that we're not letting go of the thing that produces life and godliness to grab a hold of everything else in this world. And this will always be a wrestle because there's always a battle going on in your heart and your mind. In fact, if you feel like you let go of some God things and didn't hold on, or maybe you lost ground this last year, it's probably because not in big moments where you're like, I don't want the things of God. No, it's probably in little individual moments where you were caring too much, where you didn't put places of priority, a hierarchy if for hearing the voice of God. You didn't place the principles of Jesus above just what you wanted in the moment or even pleasure. And hey, this is a wrestle all of us experience. Even the apostle Paul, how many know he is OG Jesus follower like nobody else? And he says, I still have this wrestle, this tension all the time. Romans chapter seven. He says, the trouble is with me, for I'm all too human. I'm a slave to sin. I don't really even understand myself sometimes for what I, I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I, I do what I hate. How many of you just feel like that passage could set you free today? If the Apostle Paul is saying, I slip up sometimes. Come on, we can be so in so much condemnation that we don't realize sometimes the courage to be honest that that all of us have struggles and all of us feel like failures sometimes. He says, sometimes I do what I hate. I don't know what that meant for him. Maybe it's a slip of the tongue. Or maybe, maybe it's a shortcut that he took. Maybe he gave up on somebody that he should have given grace to. He says, no, I, verse 18, I want to do what is right, but sometimes I can't. 
I want to hold to my resolutions, but sometimes I mess up. I want to do what is good, but I don't, verse 19. And sometimes I, I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, am I really the one doing wrong? In other words, he's trying to say, I'm not trying to be that person anymore. No, it's this sin. It's this struggle that's living within me. It's what does it. He says, I've got this flesh on the inside of me that just longs for comfort. It longs for easy. It longs for the path of least resistance. This is part of me, he says, that is just selfish, that doesn't want to sacrifice and surrender every day. Come on, you guys feel that? For some of you getting out of bed and coming when it was a little cold outside, that was a little bit of a flesh battle. But you're like, you know what? I know it's going to be hot in church with hot preaching. I'm going to show up anyway. He says this in verse 21, but I have discovered this principle of life. In other words, this is, this is for everyone. This is just a principle in life that when I do what is right, I, 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 when I want to do what is right, I inevitably still do sometimes what is wrong. What's he saying? He's saying this is, this is for all of us. This, it's a principle of life. This is just a battle that we are in, that we're going to always have this tension where we're not going to get it right. Thank God for the grace, the mercy of God. I want more grace and mercy and flow in our life, in our church, in this coming year than ever before. Verse 22 says, but I do love God's ways, God's law with all my heart, but there's another power. There's another battle. There's another strength on the inside of me that's at war. There's this flesh that's at war with my mind that tries to make me a slave to sin and it's still within me. Oh, what miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And I actually think here, the Apostle Paul to the, the church in Rome is doing a, a little bit of a setup for us. He's saying, yeah, you know what? We're always in this battle. We're always in this tension. He says, hey, even me as the apostle, I still have some problems. I still have some flesh. I don't always do the right thing. I still lose sometimes. But then he comes and says, who's gonna ever save me from myself? He says, no, thank God. The answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. He's saying, even when I miss it, the answer is the grace of God, and I can actually grow out of this mess and out of this misery of my flesh, why? Because I have Jesus. It can actually get me out of my old and make me into something new. I've got the answer. I just need to be better at fighting the battle. Says this other power, this flesh that's at work within me. There is an answer. There is a solution. So my question to you, if we're to be holding on to the things of Jesus, what are you really holding on to today? When it comes to your training, to train yourself, to test yourself, to stretch yourself, what do you need to let go and what do you need to grab a hold of? I'm not talking about with someone else in your, in your group or, or just a cliche answer, oh, I want to pray more. No, I want you to be dead specific with where your struggle is and where your surrender needs to lie and what steps you are going to take to train yourself this year. If training in things of godliness have favor for this life and for the life of forever, the life to come, then we should be taking it seriously. To train my mind, to train my heart, to tune my ear, to hear from heaven, to say that I'm not gonna allow anything to rule over me but the Lord. This is the beauty, I believe, of prayer and fasting that Jesus says through prayer and fasting, even strong 
demonic enemies have to flee. That when I learn to couple the, the pushing away the cares of this world and to put my attention on Christ first and foremost, there's an empowerment in my life to break through into new areas. Come on, that's not just working out. Like, you know the guy that never works out his legs, right? Leg day is a day that he does not know exists. And so he might be strong in one area, but altogether he's not that strong because he's missing one of his biggest muscle groups. This is the same why we do prayer and fasting. It's not just working out one arm, no. It's holistic strength. It's I'm pushing away the cares of this world and I'm putting high priority on my calling in Christ. I'm going after him more. And then with fasting, we limit the flesh and with prayer, we expand the spirit. And this is a one-two punch that unleashes your in Christ potential. And I'm here to tell you, there is more God momentum for your life, for your marriage, even in your resources, in your relationships. There is more God momentum, but you've got to learn to train yourself. First Corinthians chapter two, for time's sake, I won't go into it, but Paul, he says the word spirit three times in here and three different connecting points. And he talks about really each word has a different definition there in the Greek. He says in verse 14, the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolish. That word there is the Greek word that means dormant spirit or, or shriveled spirit. In other words, it, it just, it's not alive, it's not vibrant. In verse 15, he says, the person with the Spirit makes judgment about all things. That they have the mind of Christ to instruct them. That means there's an awakening in their spirit. Their spirit is alive and well. And another word he uses for spirit, he talks about a distracted spirit that is dozed off, that is immature. So the truth is, news resolutions, we all know that by February, most of them are gone. I say this every year and you all laugh that, you know what? Try to go get, a, a, um, try to go get on the elliptical, the Stairmaster, the treadmill tomorrow. It's impossible. It is easier to get into Yale or Harvard than to get on one of those tomorrow. But go ahead on February 3rd and you will have a wide open oasis of cardio equipment made available to you. Because why? We have all of us have this desire, but people lack dedication. And I think if you can know that God has something so special in store for me personally, for you, that I can push past my flesh, put pause on some things for just 21 days and press into the presence of the living God, that it will produce life and strength, authority, and access granted to what God has in store for me and wants to reveal to me in this new year. New Year's resolutions just don't work. Why? Because you fight that fight with your own flesh and ability. Apostle Paul says this is a futile thing. But I have Jesus. And if I can lean into his presence and his power, I can experience the potential that he has, that he has for me. So if we're to hold on to Jesus' teaching and we're to awaken our spirit man, what does that mean? It means we got to drop some things of the world. So you can have the mind of Christ. Yes, you can. You can have the voice of heaven speaking to your heart, not just in big decisions, in daily decisions. 
You can walk out your destiny without one step forward, two steps back that you've experienced before. And if you have a dormant or shriveled spirit, you can awaken it and it does not have to be distracted. No, you can grow in your spiritual maturity because we are the people that live by the spirit, the spirit of God. So what are we gonna do? As a church, we're gonna show up in this room, we're gonna show up south. If you can't show up still, show up wherever you're at. And we're gonna pray. I would encourage you to set a goal. Uh, I, would, I would say, how many prayer meetings can you be at? And make, that's why I'm giving you this week of decision time. Maybe you can't be at it, but maybe you say, you know what, I've never, I've never prayed for, for 30 minutes at a time or an hour. And I'm gonna do that, maybe you do that 21 times. What if you prayed 21 hours in the course of those three weeks? For some of you, that would be 90% more than you've ever prayed. I'm telling you, that, it's not just about a numerical goal, it's about a training of yourself, a stretching of yourself. This self-imposed crucible, by the way, that doesn't earn you any more favor from God, it just fuels the fire that burns away the distractions from the things of God so that you can experience the voice in the presence and unleash the potential of God to come fully alive and fully awake. In Daniel chapter one, we see this story where King Nebuchadnezzar had brought all the bright and you know, up-and-comers, all the gifted young leaders of the Israel Hebrew people, and, and now they're under captivity, and he gives them the very best, best training, best food, best places, because he's raising up generation of leaders. And, but it says about Daniel that he, in verse eight, Daniel chapter one, that he resolved, or in other words, he purposed, he dedicated, he consecrated himself not to defile himself with the royal wine and food. And asked instead, could I just have water and vegetables? Me and my buddies. We're, we're not gonna just live like the rest of the world lives, even though we could have it. And we could still, and we could honestly, we could probably still obey God without it. No, we wanna, we wanna strip away some things and we just want, like the favor of God on our lives. And so they strip away some things. He says, go ahead and test me. Go ahead and test, test me in this, verse 12. Test your servants. And they have this season of barrenness where everyone else is enjoying the bounty, but they're actually for 10 days have nothing but water and veggies to eat. And they, they tested him as verse 15. Actually, they came out looking healthier and better nourished than the other young men. If you say, yeah, that's why we should all be vegetarian, I'll just rebuke you in Jesus' name. <laughs> but maybe for your fast, you should be. But verse 17, God to these young men gave them knowledge and understanding of all kinds. Visions and dreams, spiritual discernment became theirs. Verse 18, at the end of the time set. So there's a set season that they stretched, they sacrificed, they fasted. They brought him into the king's service and he was so blessed by the, 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 the favor of heaven on their life was seen to the whole world. The unbelieving world could see there was something special on these guys, these ones that, that stripped away, that tested themselves, that pressed into the things of God, didn't just take the luxuries of this world. And they become the biggest and greatest leaders of that entire group. In other words, favor finds those who don't just take everything that the world has to offer, but will live a little differently, live sacrificially, even being willing to live stripped away for a while so they can have the significance of the hand of God on their life. 
truth is the favor of God's already on your life. It's been given to you at the cross of Jesus Christ. You already have the spirit of the living God. He's already wanting to speak and is communicating. You already have God's best because you have Jesus. The truth is, will you learn how to hold on to what really matters and not like, like the apostle Paul says, not give in to this tension and this war with your flesh but to truly let your mind be renewed. And as we push into holy ground, can we build some holy habits? Like whatever happened to holiness? Why do we look just like the world so often? I might be on a platform, but I promise you I'm not on a, I'm not on a soapbox here. I'm just speaking to why, why do some areas of our life look exactly like unbelievers? And we don't do this out of religious obligation or duty. We don't prove this to be better than somebody else. Even like the Apostle Paul says, he says, I still mess up. All of us need the grace of God every single day. But whatever happened to living differently? Why? So that we can live differently. So we can live with a calling that's exponentially greater than what we've seen before. Why not strip away? I want you to do a couple things. First and foremost, I'm almost done. I know I'm going long today for apologies. I promise for the rest of this year, you won't have a sermon this long. <laughs> Choose your end goal. What are you after? What are you really contending for? What, what, do, you, what do you desire? Don't, 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 don't just say the will of God. That's great. We're all after that. I want you to be very specific in some areas of your life that you know this needs to change, this needs to grow. Maybe even dreams you've given up on God dreams. It's like, no, I'm actually believing that God's gonna give me some answers about this situation, about this struggle, about this dream, about this desire. Set it out, set an objective. And James chapter four says, you have not because you ask not, and when you ask, you ask in unbelief. No, let's really be people that ask and anchor ourselves to the goodness of God. Secondly, set your course. What is it gonna look like for you to train yourself? What's it gonna look like for you to give God your very best? What does this stretch look like for you? And not just a, please don't just do the no of something without saying the yes to more of the spirit. Don't just do the hunger strike for heaven and will not work. It's about limiting some things so you can hold on to some God things. Clearing out something so you can actually hear from heaven. If you can, I, I only wanna do one, okay, then pray more. But if you really want to unleash the potential of both, you do them together. Strip away and then step up more. And third and finally, I want you to believe that you're going to experience something really good from God. I want your faith and trust in the plan and provision of God. And then keep battling. Do not give in. Again, I'm not the hero in this story or this church. Jesus is. But I'm telling you, on mile 37 and 38, Liz literally called me and FaceTimed me with the kids, and she's like, okay, that's enough. We want a dad that can walk next week. Okay, you need to be able to preach tomorrow. That's enough. And she wasn't trying to stop me or help me. She, I mean, she was trying to help me. She really cared. I'd already been farther than I've ever been before by almost three times, right? It was pushing way past anywhere I've ever been. I said, no, I just set this. I'm almost there. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And I'll tell you, those last few miles, I did run alone to the last mile. My brother-in-law ran with me, but the last few before he finished that last lap with me were some lonely places. And I just prayed and worshiped God. I'm not afraid to share this as a very confident in my masculinity. Man, I cried. And it was a cleansing little cry. 
and I finished it. Do I plan on doing it again? Most likely a heck no. <laughs> but I do want to do some hard things. I don't want to stay comfortable. I don't want to just have life as it's been. I don't mind some physical training, that's great, but I want, I want training in the things of God. I don't want you just to fulfill your resolutions. Fitness and finance, oh, those things are awesome. Get them in order, it's great. Those things are wonderful. You should stretch yourself even in those things. No, I want to see your in Christ potential released. There is a world at war right now. And we, as people that carry the presence of God, as, as people that represent God to the world around us, we're ambassadors of grace. We're these royal priesthood been positioned on purpose. It's just like we, we stand between the living and the dead because we have the message that has changed our life and it's to be shared with the whole world around us so we stay in the battle for the potential of heaven to be released. Isaiah 58, if I'm going to give you some homework between now and next week, I want you to read this passage in Isaiah 58. The whole chapter is on fasting, a true fast, a pure fast, stripping away so that you can have more of the presence of God in your life. And it says, if you'll do this, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing, God's healing will quickly appear. And then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. In other words, you're gonna have a 360 covering of God. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. And I want more than anything for our church in 2024, for you and your life, for you and your marriage, for you and your family, to know that when you call on God, he hears, he responds, he speaks, and then we obey. And I tell you, if it could be a year of stripping away, or a season of stripping away, a holy ground couple of weeks, a kingdom first calling for just a few weeks, I'm telling you, it will radically change your ear to heaven your heart open to God. That wrestle with your flesh will, in many areas, you'll, you're gonna have more momentum. It'll be defeated in many places of your life. And you're gonna experience as a disciple, as a follower, as a son and daughter of the Most High, you're going to experience more of the here I am's of God. The more of him revealing his voice and his purpose for your life. When you seek him with your whole heart, the Bible says, fully devoted, going after him, you will find him. He who finds him finds life. There's a better life for you. Not just more stuff, more blessing or favor. No, no, no. Closeness and intimacy with the King of heaven, with the spirit of the living God that will give you your best spiritual year will be your best year. Can I pray for you? Father God, I thank you for our church. I thank you for this year. I thank you for every heart. There's people in this room that gave their life to you just a few weeks ago, and now they're here going after you. There's people in this room that have been following you for a long time, people online that have been believers for significant seasons of their life. But Lord, for every single one, the new believer, the mature in faith, Lord, for all of us, there is more from heaven, more of Jesus, more of his presence and his power, more of his voice for our lives, more of his wisdom more of his discernment, more of his empowerment for every single one of us, to the child, to the grandfather, every single one of us, there is more for our lives. And Lord, I thank you that we would take a season, even this next week, as the new year begins, our fast doesn't start for one week, we would lean into your presence. And we would ask of you, God, what are you desiring of us? 
What do I need to let go of so I can grab a hold of you? What is my route, my direction? What does it look like to stretch in this place? And Lord, would they experience a cleansing out of their old, a cleansing of their flesh, cleansing of the distractions, and just a beautiful unification in their heart and mind with the presence of God. They would grab a hold of more of Jesus' teaching and carry it stronger, closer to their heart, and go farther than they've been before. God, I thank you that true disciples will be born in this season, maybe some for the very first time, that we're gonna dedicate ourselves in the ways of Jesus and walk out the word of God in our lives so that the world can see there's a better way, a grace-filled way, a new and living way. God, I thank you. Some old things are going to die and some new things are gonna be born and born again in Jesus' mighty name. Stay in this moment of prayer. If you keep your head bowed and eyes closed just for a second, if you're here, and we're gonna end this year, the most significant things we do every single Sunday is give people an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If you're here and he is not first in your life, your life is out of order. Maybe you came here because it's been a disappointing year and you want some God answers. Here's the answer. When Jesus goes first, your life will make sense. For some of you, maybe you've even prayed the prayer before, but he's not first and it's time to put him first. For some of you, you've never said yes to the gift of Jesus. Maybe you've been to church, maybe even this church, but you've not had that moment of decision where he says, hey, my life is not my own. It's been bought at the cross. I've been saved by the sacrifice and surrender of Jesus on Calvary's cross. And I received that freedom and forgiveness. I received the grace of God for the payment of my sins so that I can know God and have a relationship with him. Not just be in church, no, no. I can be born again to a new and living way. If that is you for the very first time or for maybe the first time in your life, putting him first in your life with no one looking around, I'm gonna lead us all in one big prayer, but the only act of humility and surrender I'm asking of you, naturally speaking, is just to raise your hand in the moment. If that's you and you need a fresh start with Jesus, would you lift your hand? There's one of you up, there's two of you, there's three, there's four, awesome. Five of you, six, I see you, seven in the corner, beautiful, beautiful. Maybe that's you online, maybe that's you at Lansing. One last moment to say yes to Jesus. Anyone else in the room? Awesome. Can't think of a better way to close out our year than giving people this opportunity to say yes to the, the grace of God. You can put your hands down and we're gonna pray together as one family of faith. Before we do that, church family, can we just celebrate everyone who just said yes, they lifted their hand, that's awesome. It's beautiful. Let's pray together, come on, all of us together. Say this from your heart. Say, thank you, God, for loving me. Thank you, Jesus for coming as a gift that you gave up your life as a sacrifice for my sins. On that cross, my sins have been settled. I am forgiven. Jesus, I believe you rose from the grave and the power of God is also mine through Christ. From this day forward, Jesus, you're first. I turn from my old life, I repent, and I'm going after you. Jesus, be my King, my Lord, and my Savior. It's all because of you. Amen. Church, can we celebrate everybody that prayed that prayer? Beautiful. Awesome. Hey, thank you for a phenomenal year, and I am so excited and so expected for what God has for all of us at Kingdom City, for you and for your family in 2024. Amen.
Amen. I love you, church. Chris? Amen. Hey, can we just show some honor to our pastor? That was an incredible word. Every single week comes out, gives us all.